0: All right, recapping Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as we finish up week three and head on into week four. Good news, everybody. Team Scam did not get crushed. We just barely lost, so we are making progress.
1: (laughs) That's what we're celebrating yes. now, a,
0: a near win. Just if you were wondering
2: lost. Team Grief had a big win over the weekend, almost back to 500 now.
0: All right, all right. So things are looking up for the uh for the podcasters. So this the, it's it's the only
1: league we're going to talk about no. all year, the league where we're no good. Yep. No.
0: No, no. In fact, there are only 2-3 and 0 teams in the in the Podcast Points League and Scott White is one of them along oh, with thank you. Jake and KC. So congratulations. I had
1: a really cheap win this week, but Still feels good to be 3-0. Got to got to bank those wins whenever you can.
0: I got my first win in the Podcast
2: Listeners League. Thankfully,
1: I got to play Adam's team.
0: Yes, congratulations. You did beat me in that league. I did beat you in a different league, so we'll call it even. And uh, do any of us – all right. How many Madison Bumgardner shares do you guys have? I tweeted out
2: on Friday, I believe, that I have relieved Bum, not mad Bum, because <laughs> I have none. Yeah, okay. I
1: feel like between him and Marte – I've been walking through a minefield here and and have managed to escape unscathed so far because I have zero shares in Bumgarner as well.
0: Yeah, same, same. Wow, we have gotten lucky, but not everybody else has, that's for sure. Bumgarner could miss more than two months with injured ribs and, more importantly, the sprained AC joint. That's a shoulder injury. He fell off his dirt bike. And it stinks. It's just bad luck. Uh, so we're going to talk about trade scenarios, what you would or would not give up for Madison Bumgarner. Obviously, who we are adding and dropping, uh, you, who you should be adding and dropping, and, and who you are adding and dropping as we take a look at the most added list. Any updates to two-star pitchers. Uh, yeah, you know how it works. And then we'll talk about Jose Quintana struggling. Danny Salazar struggling. There's something I really want to talk about regarding Dylan Bundy. Uh, Brandon McCarthy had a great week. Joey Gallo is a top eight-third baseman right now. You know, you know, stuff like that. But but with Bumgarner, so again, he could miss more than two months. We don't have a concrete timetable yet. I don't really like trading for injured players. What would you guys give up to get Madison Bumgarner right now?
2: I would start by making a low ball offer. Maybe somebody that's off to a good start that we didn't think was actually that good. Somebody like a Gio Gonzalez or an Irvin
1: Santana. Ian Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. Right in that um, range. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, I may, since it sounds like this timetable is getting less optimistic by the day, I may drop Bumgarner even more in my rankings. I had him... Uh, behind Paxton and Carlos Martinez, just ahead of Porcello, Granky, Quintana, Tanaka, the colors. I may drop him behind that group, maybe even further behind Harvey and Salazar. Um, and then you start to get into the Tehran, Stroman, Fulmer. Even, even that I'm kind of hedging on. Like, it, it would depend on the way the rest of my is. I don't staff. think I, I don't think I'd give up those guys. I have a feeling if I have Tehran and Fulmer, like, I'm
0: relying on them. I need them to be good for me in order for my team right. to be good. I, but I, I but there's,
1: you know, there's leagues where Tehran is like one of four number three starters for you, basically. And there's leagues where he's your number two starter. And, and like, there's, you know, it just depends on the depth of the league and how expendable he is. I, and I think a big part of it too
2: is I would expect the timetable is going to change over the next seven days. I feel like we're in a gray area right now where Bumgarner could be back Anywhere from six weeks from now to, oh crap, he's not coming back this year.
0: And he's also going to be coming back from a shoulder injury, which, which is a little scary. So I don't, I guess my basic rule is I'm, I'm fine not getting him. And I'm, if I'm going to trade for him, it's probably going to be one of my good teams, right? Like I don't, I don't want to, you know, you have to have a good team and I am going to give up somebody that I just don't need That, that, that if this guy gets hurt tomorrow, It's not going to really affect my team that much. I think that's probably how you want to approach it. So yeah, like someone like Gio Gonzalez, you've gotten great production from someone like Irvin Santana. But if you didn't have them to begin with, you know, maybe your team would be just fine. I think you start from there.
1: Marco Estrada, would you trade Marco Estrada?
0: Nope. In a heartbeat. I would not. If I were, if I were three and zero, maybe. Uh. I guess I'm just thinking about my one Marco Estrada league and I couldn't afford to do that because my team's not that good right
1: now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, no, you, I think context absolutely matters in this situation. You're taking, uh, what could be a huge, um, you know, could be a windfall for you. It, it just, can you survive what you're sacrificing in the meantime? How do you feel about Estrada, Scott? Would you trade uh, Marco Estrada for Bumgarner? I'm going to rank Bumgarner ahead of Estrada. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, you know, I tend to think of my rankings from the 12-team mixed league perspective, and I think in that, more cases than not, I, I, is expendable enough that I'd be willing to do that, but, you know, it depends on the way the rest of my pitching staff looks.
0: Alright. Okay. So that's Baumgartner for you. I'm sorry that that happened. That stinks. Uh, you, you expect injuries to pitchers. You don't expect them on their off days when they're riding dirt bikes. <laughs> who are your favorite ads and drops? Heath Cummings? Why don't we talk about Joey Gallo? Because you just picked him up and we just had an email come in. Should I drop Greg Bird for Joey Gallo? Gallo is the number eight first, ba- uh, third baseman in points leagues, number six in roto. Uh, tell me, uh, who you'd be, you'd be dropping for Gallo.
2: I, I pr- did pick up Gallo in a points league, but it was a 14 team points league. I would prime, I agree with what Scott said off the air that I would primarily like to add him in roto and Judging by his ownership percentage, he's probably owned in most Roto Leagues, but I was impressed. Of course, they played the Royals this weekend, so I got to see a little bit of Joey Gallo, and I the opposite field home run was very impressive, but I was more impressed by the way he played in the field, looking at his defensive numbers on fan graphs, and it's way too early to make a lot out of that, but he has been a net positive defensively. I am just starting to wonder, as they keep being less and less optimistic about Adrian Beltre's calf, would they like to bring Beltray back as a DH? Is Gallo going to play third base for most of the year?
1: Hmm.
0: Interesting. And, okay, he's only hitting like 216 or something, right, Gallo, but he has six oh. home
1: runs.
2: Yeah, he, he yeah.
1: he's, um, he's not that much different than Chris Carter, I guess. Well, if he can sustain this, is the thing. I mean, cause right now he has an OPS over 900, but he's also on, uh, you know, what kind of home run pace is this? Like a 50 homer pace, basically. Right. And, uh, you know, if he slows that pace at all, it's going to be harder to justify. And, and Beltrace so good defensively that, like, uh, I mean, as much time as they're giving him, I think they want him back at 100%. I, I don't know that it's, like, it, I, I think Gallo has improved his chances of sticking around with his performance so far. I think that's fair to say. And obviously he can move to left field. They haven't figured out that situation. But, um, you know, I, I don't know that the the Beltray scenario is going to play out like you're thinking. Well, and what's our what's our over under on when Beltray comes back, June
2: 1st? Ooh, that seems late.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I,
2: I the most I, recent thing I saw was that they did not expect him to play any baseball games until May at the earliest, which is only a, okay ten days away, nine days away. Yeah. So I mean, it could still be much earlier than June 1st. Well, it can't be that much earlier if he doesn't start a minor league rehab assignment until. Sometime in May.
0: Well, look, if they want to keep Gallo in the lineup, they it can do it. June is do the it next month. At, Could they,
1: be May second. They can <laughs> no. do it in left
0: field. They can do it in at DH. You know, so if he's hitting this well, Uh he's worth a flyer right now. Would you drop Greg Bird for Joey Gallo?
1: No. Uh, I might. All right. Maybe it depends on league depth. And I don't think it does. No, I just think that Bird's better. I think he's sticking around. Okay.
0: Uh, any big? Uh, all right. Well, we can talk. Who else? Who else were you guys excited to add this weekend? Scott Heath, hit me with it.
2: I added Steven Souza in one of the last leagues where he was still available. I added uh, Jason Vargas for his two start week, and that one was he was added in most leagues earlier in the week, but this was a league where we had to wait until you, Sunday night for our you, waivers.
1: You burned through your fab in uh, in the head to head auction league, which yes. is weekly fab. So you know Monday. Is of course a bidding war for everybody. You're uh, you burn through it, man.
2: Well, Joe Ross was a free agent. Yeah, and so I, that's what was my biggest add. And then I added Souza and I added Vargas.
0: You also burn through a lot of your fab in the Roto league that we have. I don't know, you have $21 out of a $100 budget on Kevin Gossman, who got dropped on Saturday, and then I put in a claim for him for $10. Because yeah. I because I know Chris loves him, but Chris has already spent a lot of money. So I said, all right, I'll put in ten. Then he gives up four runs in the first inning against Boston. I said, you know what? I think I'm only going to put in seven or eight for Kevin Gossman. And <laughs> uh yeah, Heath blew it out of the water with a twenty one dollar bid. I think maybe maybe giving up a little bit early on on Kevin
1: Gossman, but he did have another bad start. And uh he did. But there were you know, un- unless unless the pitch FX data has changed since then, and we got to watch out. We've had to watch out for that this year. Um, an encouraging sign for Gosman in that start where he got rocked was he threw 31 splitters, um, and, and I think those mostly came
2: after he got rocked. I don't. Yeah. I was looking at, and it was the live data, but yeah. he wasn't really throwing the splitter early, and he got rocked, and then he just started throwing it.
1: And it was Duh. kind of a, he got rocked in a different way. He gave him three home runs when I think he'd only given up one in his first three starts. That's so, right. Um, hopefully, he doesn't lose confidence in the splitter based on this performance, but he had only once exceeded 15 splitters in a game before throwing the 31 yesterday, and that's his best pitch. So um, if he continues that, then I think you can bet on a turnaround of sorts.
0: Right, so that's a good buy-low candidate, Kevin Gosman, or someone that you might be able to pick up off waivers. Uh, that's why I brought him up. Scott, how about you? Who were your big ad drops?
1: Uh, Well, I was indecisive about what to do at third base in the podcast league where I'm 3-0. And uh, switched to Chase Headley for about two days and then went back to Ryan Healy, who I had originally dropped. Um, so it's nice to have him. I, I like the A's matchups this week. He's hot. All of that. Uh, Matt Bush is who I ended up with after he, he beat me out for, uh, for the two-star Jason Vargas and everybody else in the head-to-head auction league where he's down to one-third of his budget remaining. I uh, got Mash Bush for a zero dollar bid. He got his first save this weekend and I still think, like I'd rather have him than either the Nationals choices, either the Phillies choices. Uh, so that's good. I did end up with Wade Miley in one really deep league. Uh, I, you know, leagues where like 320 to 360 players are rostered, that's where I was willing to take a flyer on on um, Miley, who is in line for two starts. Um, obviously off to a good start with the strikeouts, and I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but in leagues that deep, he needs to be owned, and I was able to claim him in one 24-team league where I spent like ten, a tenth of my budget on All right. him. I was a little
2: bit surprised that I didn't see, and maybe it's just because he's owned in our leagues and only 40% owned in the rest of the leagues, that I didn't see more action on Patrick Corbin for... Yeah. A t- he's fifty-two percent owned now. Two starts, Sparp, and I believe one of those starts is against the Padres. It right? is in Colorado yeah. as
0: well, but they're both at home. Uh Yeah, Corbin, it's hard to trust, but that Padres start. I mean, Dan Straily struck out fourteen Padres this weekend.
1: So yes, he did. Did I say and something it definitely wrong? definitely looked like, uh, you know, one of those. I'm facing the Padres, so I'm going to have an outlier performance type. Outings. Heath, did like, I say uh, something
0: wrong? You're looking at me like uh like I messed up. Not at all. Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, I thought maybe I messed up Patrick Corbin's matchups, but because I was just looking at him in one of our leagues. Uh, yeah. You, all right, I'm gonna tell you guys who I think fantasy owners should be excited to go out and
1: add, and you tell me if you agree or disagree. Michael Conforto, 48% owned. I couldn't justify it in any of my leagues, but I wanted to. I wanted to find that spot for him. Yes, yeah, I he, would put him as a seven and a half on the Excitometer. There you go. Here's the deal. Cespedes pinch
0: hit yesterday. He expects to play tomorrow and and Conforto's over 3 against Lefties this year. But the Mets are struggling. I think they got I think they got to keep him in the lineup and 48% owned. It might be more of a huh. long-term play,
1: but well Jay Bruce is playing first base cuz Dude is out. So right. I I don't know that Cespedes even matters in that scenario. Okay, I don't think he good. does and
2: and I believe assuming all the matchups that I looked at are right, they don't play
0: they don't face a lefty this week. Outstanding. Michael Conforto, 48% owned. He's batting 361 with four homers. Um Mitch Moreland, 50% owned. I don't, I'm not that excited, but I feel like we have to stop ignoring it. He's batting 315 right now with 11 doubles, two homers. Uh, Moreland.
2: I don't disagree with his name being on this list. I did put him in the waiver wire column today. I don't think we should act like Mitch Moreland has just always sucked. And where, where is this coming from?
1: Yeah, two years ago he had a nice year. He had, a nice he had year. eight
2: twelve OPS two years ago.
1: Yeah, but at first base, from presumably a part time guy in the long run, when Brock Holt at everybody else's back, uh, he's you know he he was never really like if you were starting him in the mixed leagues, you were looking for an upgrade for sure. Right, um,
0: but for, first so base I,
1: ain't what it used to be. This is you're well, you're Mister Scott White hot. Trust the hot streak. Write him right now. <laughs> In DFS. This is a different animal, sir. This is long-term view. I would like if Ryan, if you're choosing between Ryan Zimmerman or Mitch Moreland, I would absolutely well, that, take Zimmerman. That's not a choice anywhere. Zimmerman's Zimmer- not available in the waiver.
0: Zimmerman way. is almost universally owned at this point. He homered again yesterday. Okay, he wasn't
1: as of Friday. So yeah, he's like eighty-seven percent. no,
0: that's all right. I mean, you're you're right to say that. You got to go Zimmerman, but but Moreland. Like, if you have Greg Bird. <laughs> You might have to make that switch. It just people could need a win right now. It's early, yeah. But, keep playing Greg Bird. Yeah, you can at this point. Um, I, I, I mean, look, it's really dependent on your league. But Devin Mesoraco is twenty four percent owned. He should be back pretty soon. If you need a catcher, you could look into that.
1: Yes, I did get him as my. Uh, I replaced Chris Iannet as my number two catcher in Tower Wars with Devin Mesoraco. Oh my yeah. gosh!
0: Upgrade
1: about that of the yeah. century.
0: <laughs> Well, if Mezzarocco
2: plays more than twice a week,
1: still next- an
0: upgrade. Um, and Yuli Gurriel may be coming around a little bit. Still needs to hit for some more power, but he's 31% owned. I, I'm just I'm glad I didn't drop Gurriel. I was close to doing so. Uh So maybe check for him. And Austin Hedges, 56% owned. Now there's a catcher who's got us excited, right? He homered Friday and Saturday. He said he's made a small adjustment. With his hands kind of syncing them up with his legs, he was out of whack mechanically and Hedges is hitting really well right now, so we'll see where that goes, guys. Austin Hedges. He's
2: still for me in that gray area that I mean he's I assume that he's owned and started in every two catcher league and I've got no place for him in a one catcher league.
0: Yeah, all right, but at this point like would you drop I think I asked you this last week, but would you drop Russell Martin for Austin Hedges? I I don't think I, I'm getting closer. Yeah,
2: I mean, Hedges still isn't hitting 200, right?
0: No, I don't think so. But he was like 0 for 24 or something crazy. He's turned
2: yeah. it around. It just puts it no, in I perspective wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't. how I, 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 as somebody who owns Russell Martin in a one catcher league where Hedges is available, I could say I was not looking to do this. Though so, you know, I like Hedges, but I like Martin too, and I liked Martin more to begin with. And Hedges will have to be have to do some things other than. Hit home runs, which are of course unpredictable and sporadic in nature, for me to buy into the idea that he's really better than Martin.
0: All right, Julio Arias could make a start this week. He'll be up with the Dodgers very soon. He's seventy nine percent owned. I think we'd all agree we should look for Julio Arias to try to add him. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then <laughs> Scott is not excited about anybody. Get excited, Scott White. He's um, on team scale. You know, we. You just added. You just asked me who I was picking up in my leagues, and it was none of these players you're naming. So well, that, I, they, they weren't I'm available. i to put myself in somebody else's position who's not, you know, doesn't have the rosters I do, and decide if, in a vacuum, this player's worth adding. Would you drop Kevin Gossman for Julio Arias? No, mm, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either.
0: Would you rather have Wade Miley or Julio Arias?
1: Arias for sure. Yes, not okay. close. Yeah,
0: And I just throw this guy out there I, I have not been motivated to add him But maybe we should You tell me, Hector Santiago Hector Santiago so far has a career high strike percentage As in amount of strikes he's throwing And swinging strike percentage A lot of that was in one start against the Royals But look, uh, Hector Santiago's got a 219 ERA Four walks, 17 strikeouts And 24 and two thirds And two years yeah. ago, he was great for a half a season And then it fell apart right.
1: I don't, I don't consider that good news though. Like he, he's faked me out a couple times. I think last year he had, uh, um, you know, was getting a lot of swinging strikes on his fastball early and I thought maybe there was something there, but there's never anything there with Hector Santiago. And it's not like the strikeout rate is good to begin the year. You know, it's not like he's overwhelming us and we have to make a move like with Wade Miley in certain leagues. Hector Santiago is an even lower tier than that. Alright, so basically I gave you Michael Conforto. Good stuff. <laughs> I, I liked, I liked your list. Come on, I thought,
2: thought it was a very nice list.
0: Yeah, no, I actually think there's, right, so the, my list was Conforto, Moreland, Mezorako, Guriel. Oh, I forgot Aaron Altair! Aaron Altair is 10% oh. owned. It's batting 364 yeah. with two I tried and two to steals. win him in a
1: couple, but, uh, uh, roto leagues. I think I got outbid in both. But, that that um, Phillies lineup.
2: Is really coming together. (laughs) Cesar Hernandez, Odubel Herrera. Just ask Jim Johnson.
0: Uh, yeah. So Altair, if you if you need an outfielder, like Scott and I were debating between Altair and Brett Gardner, and we went with Brett Gardner. I almost, I kind of wanted to not get Brett Gardner and get Altair, but we'll see what happens. Well, can we still get Altair? No, we can't. No, he's gone. Sixteen team league. Uh, All right. Well, how about we look at the most added list and see who the who the people out there are adding. Wade Miley is number one. He is sixty one percent owned. He has the two start week. Sean Kelly is number two. I know Heath, you're writing about the Nationals closer situation in your waiver wire column, and uh, Kelly got three three saves in four games, or pitched three times in four games. Did he get saved? Uh three saves in four games. Right. And then Glover got a save on Saturday, which just seemed like Kelly was unavailable. But then Glover got a, a save on Sunday as the Nationals swept the Mets. So, the, you know, I was just reading about it. Sean Kelly was told he got promoted to the job. He, he won the job, basically. He was told by Dusty Baker. But he was also told he wouldn't be used all the time. Uh, it was a little strange to see Glover get the save yesterday. So what are your what is your take right now on the Nationals' bullpen?
2: I would still rather have Sean Kelly. I think this is kind of a strange situation where the Nationals have won, what, seven games in a row, and five of them have been save opportunities. You don't generally have five save opportunities in a six-day stretch. So I there have been talk about them having concerns over Kelly's durability, and that's one of the reasons they did not want to make him the closer. The best explanation that I can think of is if he goes three out of four days,
1: he's not going to pitch. He's going to get a couple days off. That's yeah. fine, I, I, I think it probably made a difference too that Sunday's game was a three run lead. Um, so you know, your backup closer should be able to convert to hold on to a three run lead in one inning of work. Uh, this was but the Sunday Glover thing, like that was the first time this situation something happened that I didn't see coming. so it does get me questioning Kelly a little, even though I do think he's you know still the preferred option. they're still the one I'd want to own. Yeah, it's another reason why I'd rather own Matt Bush, though, um, who I think is uh, in a position to just claim that job with no real contenders.
0: And I just want to say, Glover is
1: pitching really well right
0: now, and so is Kelly. But I, you know, I was thinking about dropping Kota Glover until last night. I'm not quite ready to do that yet in a league where there are really no saves on the waiver wire. Um, Jason Vargas is your number three most added player. Austin Hedges is number four. He's now 57 percent owned. Miguel Gonzalez is two starts. He's number five. Steven Souza is up to 81% owned. He had another good weekend. Scott, you, are you getting Are you getting uh, ready to come around on Steven Souza?
1: And there's a lot of strikeouts still. You know, five outfield release. I mean, he's 81% owned, so it's not like... I, w- I guess I would call him a trade hike. Candidate, that would be the actionable advice I could give here because... uh That sounds like a, a firm no from Scott on are you buying into Steven Souza? Well, like, literally, would I own him at this point? Yeah, I think you have to. I don't have a lot of belief in him, though. No, not, not as much as he's striking out. Okay, but let's just say he has a 26% strikeout rate. He's at 25.6% right now. Mm-hmm.
2: That's not too many strikeouts for Steven Sousa. That that's
1: he can be a good fantasy option. Yeah, if he at, if he can 26%. do that. But obviously, I mean, he had what two strikeouts through his first. Yeah, he's not going to be that good. He, he, he what I'm what I'm saying is that that rate is skewed. Like more recently, he has struck out at like I, we expect Steven. This to is, seems out. like an Adam
2: Azer. We're going to
1: take out the time when he was at his best
2: and just say, look how much he's striking out when he's not at his best. Why is that? Why is that an Adam Azer thing? Who did you do that with last year? You like the arbitrary sample sizes.
0: I don't like arbitrary. I, I, like, if you're talking about the Stroman thing with the Astros? Yes. But I think I'm kind of right about that. I, I don't really like Stroman that much. You know that. But he was good yesterday, right? Well, I love Stroman. I just don't expect him to be a strikeout guy. He threw a complete game yesterday, his second complete game of the season.
1: Yeah, he is I, a season high of five strikeouts. Stroman does, so... uh
0: Yeah, I think he's going to be a 7 per 9 guy, and I took out the Astros starts last year when he was striking out a batter per inning, and he was back to about 7 per 9 without the without the starts against the Astros. That was my, you know, selective sample size thing. And look, maybe I'm not going to be right every time. I kind of feel like
1: that one proved to be right. So it was two strikeouts in his first seven games for Souza and 20 strikeouts in his last 13 games, so 51 at-bats, 20 strikeouts. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot more than 25%. Alright,
0: we'll see how that one plays out. Um, most of the added list is kind of boring. We've talked about a lot of these guys, so let me give you two more and tell me if you think they should be on the most added list. Chase Headley is 64% owned. Taylor Motter keeps mashing is 31% owned.
1: Yeah, they're talking about playing Motter at first base now when Segura comes back. Oh, so. really? Yeah. Yep. Need a shortstop anyone?
0: Taylor Motter. And they, now that they, that would give them three first basemen with Vogelbach up
1: and Valencia, who's been terrible. Yeah, that's true. Vogelbach did come up, so maybe it wouldn't. Maybe it wouldn't be an everyday situation for Mater. Um, I think what I read was he would he could play some first base, and they're just looking to keep him in the lineup anywhere they can. I would. What I would say is in two weeks Taylor is not going to Mater. Wow. <laughs> no faith. Okay.
0: Uh, hey, I have a question for you guys. Scott, Heath, do you want $20? Would you yes, like- yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I think we all want $20. Everybody wants that. So why not save 20 bucks when you buy tickets with SeatGeek? Use our promo code FANTASY. On SeatGeek, you'll get $20 off your first purchase. And why waste time searching multiple ticket sites? I used to go crazy trying to buy or sell tickets online, going to this place, that place. SeatGeek does all that searching for me. This is a one-stop shop to get the best deals for sports, for concerts, for comedy, and for theater. Plus, every purchase – very, very important – every purchase fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. This is the way to buy tickets now. I don't use anything else anymore. Just use SeatGeek. It's easy, and it saves me time and money. And again, you can get $20 off your first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FANTASY. That's promo code FANTASY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Go to a baseball game, people, and use SeatGeek to get there. Promo code is FANTASY. All right, here's some big news for you. Starter sit, George Springer, in his hamstring injury. They say he might play sometime during the first series of the week. What do you think? Starter sit.
1: I would sit. I'm going to lean
0: towards sitting as well. Yeah. All right. Here's what you can do with Springer. His first game is tomorrow. Luckily, there are a lot of players whose first games are tomorrow, so you can check the lineup if you play in one of those leagues where you know you can wait till your to the team's first pitch. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Miguel Cabrera is on the DL with a groin strain. Detroit seems to think that Cabrera may only need 10 days. We shall I see. we have heard that one before. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, the Angels said that about Garrett Richards, I think.
0: <laughs> and now he's on the 60-day DL. Yeah. Dustin Pedroia hurt his knee at Baltimore. I think we've all seen and heard about it now. Manny Machado with the slide. And uh, Pedro- Pedroia is going to have an MRI. Marco Hernandez has been starting at second base for Boston. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're off today. So we'll see. Uh, Zach Britton had an MRI on his arm. MRI. It looked good. That's nice. And coolest thing I saw this weekend was the bandwagon cam at, uh, at Miller Park. Did you guys see this? I did not. I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not, did it really happen at Miller Park? Oh, was it in Cincinnati? It was. It was in Cincinnati. Okay, yes. great American ballpark. Thank you. Uh, I just we just love Miller Park on this show. <laughs> so they had the Cubs in town, and a lot of Cubs fans there. And I guess we're all familiar with like kiss cam, right? They put two people up on the kiss cam, and they're supposed to kiss. Yeah, so sure. This was bandwagon cam. They put these Cubs fans on the bandwagon cam, and then they would put a caption like "Lifelong Cubs fan since 2016," or "Never actually been to Chicago." It was very funny. It uh, was it was very funny. I, I've seen some similar
2: type things in the NBA, and I'm glad to see that MLB teams are having some fun with that type of thing too.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. I want to talk about who stood out over the weekend. NBA sucks, by the way. Uh, you, you knew what he knew. Was yes, I purpose. know. I you had a
2: terrible, terrible string of tweets. You <laughs> I, should have just apologized and been done with it. The NBA You're does apologize.
0: not suck. I like the NBA, but what I learned yesterday about Twitter. And I I guess I knew this before, but reinforced, Twitter is the place you can go to have any opinion you want and then be told by so many people that you're not allowed to have that opinion. So
2: Everybody piled on you, rightly so. Not everybody. One of the
0: things I think that
2: Scott White does not like about Twitter is what happened to you yesterday. But in this instance, you completely deserved it.
0: I disagree, and not everybody did. I would say 20% of the responders agreed with my take.
2: Scott, how would you feel about Yankees fan not liking the fact that in the NBA all the good players go play on one team and win championships? Probably
0: the of, of all the things that was said of all the things that were said to me yesterday, of my tweet was I'm just going to read it. What I exactly said. This is
2: exactly what people tune
1: into the fantasy baseball podcast to hear. This is the most. I, this was like Adam the most
0: responses I ever got. The most I've ever gotten. I said it, that – NBA I,
1: hot takes seem to play well on on
2: social media in general. But well, really, and Chris and I were both, quote, tweeting him with his bad takes, so yeah. it spread quickly.
0: I'm not the kind of person who thinks everything was better when I grew up, but the NBA was much better when I grew up. Product kind of sucks. That's what I said. And then it devolved into these stupid arguments like people – the dumbest thing was don't watch then. Okay, I'm going to watch. Like I still <laughs> – I'm going to wa- I'm allowed to watch. And the Yankees thing was was crazy because, like, do you think Yankees fans – you think we like the fact that the Yankees just went out and bought everybody? Like, no, we don't like – that's not what you like about the Yankees. You're a Yankees fan. They do that, and you root for them because you're a fan. It's not like, oh, we love being the big market bully. No, that's not how it works. So that was really a ridiculous argument, and I'm going to stop this conversation. So uh weekend standouts. I need to talk about Dylan Bundy. Because man, he's off to a great start. He has a 137 ERA. I can't imagine how he's doing it with this velocity. I'm concerned about the velocity. It's, it's a lot. Uh, it's down a lot. Um, and it's decreased a little bit every start this year. Uh, I put in a trade offer actually in the podcast league with, you know, if, if this owner is listening, it's probably not going to work. I don't know. I offered Bundy straight up for Kenley Jansen in a points league where they're both RP eligible. And we'll see what happens. But I am concerned. He is not throwing hard. He's he's throwing like low 90s. I, I want to know if that's a concern for anybody else.
1: Um, It's not something I had noticed. I had been more encouraged by the way uh, how effective his cutter slash slider, the pitch he introduced reintroduced to his arsenal this year after it was a major part of it when he was a top prospect. How effective it's been in terms of uh, getting swings and misses. So I mean, that's always I I would think that's a better indication of dominance than just pure velocity. Though of course velocity is something we keep a close eye on. Um, the only thing I would say, and he's down like one
2: and a half miles per hour from the the past from last year. And I guess the thing that might add a little bit. To what you're saying is the fact that he didn't throw this pitch for a while because of injury concerns, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's throwing it, and his velocity on his fastballs down. And there may be no correlation there, but there's a. I could see like if you could trade him for Kinley Jansen, I think it's a great idea.
0: I I like Um, Dylan Bundy a lot, and I, I think. I have some concerns about his durability and whether or not he can do this for a full season. Also, right. if you look at the strikeouts, only 20 strikeouts in like 26 innings for Bundy, but he has phased Boston twice, and they don't strike out a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that, I don't, I don't whiff, know. The whiff rate on that slider slash cutter is over 30%, which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great, but but like Jeremy Hellickson had one of the best pitches in, in baseball last year, right? With whiff rate. Yeah, the the
1: changeup had a very high whiff rate.
2: His swinging strike rate is up over twelve percent after being at ten and a half percent last year. So the fact that his strikeouts have gone down seems a little bit unlucky, or like it's not probably going to last if he continues to get a whiff rate like
0: that. No, I think yeah, I think it's a little bit matchup dependent because like he's faced the Red Sox twice. Uh I'm not saying I'm panicking about. Bundy if this trade offer Bundy for Jansen gets rejected I'm not going to be upset about it but I wanted to bring it up and the other thing is Bundy has Tampa Bay this week should be a good start and then he's pro since he pitched Friday he's probably a two-star pitcher in week five so maybe maybe you want to wait I don't know maybe you don't want to do anything with Dylan Bundy I thought I'd bring it up uh who stood out to you guys
1: big weekend performers uh, well, there's a lot. i I think we should probably talk about Dan Straley because that was the biggest fourteen strikeouts. Not what you expect to see from him. i I touched on it a little bit. It kind of reminded me of uh like last year, Jaime Garcia. You mentioned it on the podcast last week, Adam, Jaime Garcia had this random. 13 strikeout outing against the brewers i think it was early yep. last year
0: it was right almost maybe the same day that vince velasquez <laughs> had his
1: 16 strikeout complete game against the same padres and i think tanner roark had a start like that early last year too uh i don't know what the matchup was but it, i bring both of them up because they're very similar pitchers they're pitchers who um you know rely more on on uh Weak contact than missing a lot of bats, and they just happened to seize on this great matchup. I I think the number of swinging strikes, the number of whiffs, in other words, Strayley got in this start was 16, which is a fine number on its own, but relative to 14 strikeouts, you'd expect a lot more swings and misses than that. <laughs> Yeah, you would. You certainly would. Did you see how many uh, swings—I'm sorry to, to detour, but do you see how many
0: swings and misses Jacob deGrom got this weekend? I did not. He had – I'll find it. I think it was like – maybe he had someone else. Maybe I've completely butchered this, but I think he had like 24 or something. But all right,
1: yeah. It was a 10-strikeout game. I know that.
0: Yeah, and uh, like six walks. Anyway, uh, with Dan Straley, are you motivated to add
1: Straley? He is owned in 50% of leagues. I think that's probably about what he should be, maybe bordering on 60, but not, not universally owned. Okay,
0: uh, 27 swinging strikes. The last two starts for Jacob DeGrom, 22 and 27 swinging strikes. Freaking Jacob
1: ridiculous. Jacob DeGrom is really good. Yeah, it did not have a good start, but it, it was impressive nonetheless. But like when your bad starts are 10 strikeouts still, mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta feel good about that.
0: Na- the Nationals, by the way, are just a brutal matchup right now. They are awesome <laughs> at the moment. Heath, stand out for you. Well, I think we touched
2: on a lot of the guys. I was pleased to see Carlos Correa hit his second home run. Maybe he'll start breaking out of his slump. Anthony Rizzo had a very nice weekend. Cesar Hernandez hit his fourth home run yesterday. Scott, are you buying mm-hmm. into Cesar Hernandez yet? We got some tweets about how you still have him ranked 30th at second base. People very upset with you.
1: Yeah. Well, I need to move him up from there for sure. I'm going to spend a lot of time on the rankings today, I I think. Um He's on pace for, like, 200 strikeouts himself, which is very Hernan- un-Hernandez-like. Right. The home runs are very un-Hernandez-like. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'd rather have, like, uh, Starling Castro is off to a great start. Brandon Phillips is off to a great start. Devin Travis? Would rather have Devin but Travis? None of these guys are off to as good a start as Hernandez. No, but like, I had a lot more confidence in them in the first place. and And Hernandez... The ways Hernandez is succeeding are not ways I expect Hernandez to succeed, you know? Yeah, I, like I guess
2: because he's hitting three thirty eight and I expected him to have a good average and because he's scoring a run every game and I expected him to produce quite a few runs and he's on pace for, what, 25 steals. Like that's pretty much—the home runs are weird and that's not going to last and he's not going to be the number one second baseman overall. But he's also still doing pretty much everything I expected him to do except
1: he's striking out more and that hasn't hurt him yet. Right. I just don't know that twenty steals in a batting like that's that's basically the Elvis Andrews of second baseman, right? Which is a, a easily a top twenty second baseman. Okay, but is the top twenty second baseman that big of a
2: deal? In a lot of leagues, it is. Okay, it, it's a lot bigger deal than a number thirty second baseman.
0: I'm struggling at second base in the podcast points league. I've gone from Devin Travis to Neil Walker now to Joe Panic, and I would take Panic over Cesar Hernandez. And today. I
2: have like four second basemen, and I've tried to make a deal with you and. Just no, it. I don't in, think so. In the
1: long run, I think all three of those second basemen are going to be better than Hernandez. I can understand playing Hernandez as the hot hand play. I actually have him in my top ten sleeper hitters for this week. Um, so you know, I can understand doing that, but I don't like. I don't buy him as a power hitter. I don't and, buy him as a power and hitter. He, either. To buy him as a hitter overall, he needs to stop striking out so much, which you know his track record says he will, but it, it concerns me a little that he's not. Okay. Um, you know somebody who's off to a hot start who I like more than him, Eugenio Suarez. Ooh, yeah, he's killing it. I think he's the number one third baseman in fantasy right now. Yeah, he had a couple walks yesterday. I think a couple home runs on Saturday. He he's a player who's um strikeouts. You know, he wasn't terrible with the strikeouts last year, and he seems like he's gotten better here early. But the main thing is just. Like, I feel like I made the mistake in my preseason rankings with Suarez just assuming I knew who Suarez was and it was the player he was last year, which was useful in deeper leagues because he could hit 20 homers but not really anything beyond that. He's 25 years old and plays in one of the best parks in baseball. I don't know that we really have a great concept for who he can be.
0: Well, he's Um. unfortunately very owned. He's like 87% owned at Eugenio Suarez. Is he... I mean, look, if you can sell high on Suarez and get a, a stud who's struggling, okay, sure, sure but, sure. but is he like an Eric Thames where, where you're, you're kind of buying it and you don't need to sell high? I mean, not high? to that
1: extent. Let's not, let's not compare him to Eric Thames. Well, but, I mean,
0: he's honestly not having that much worse of a year than Eric Thames. He's, he's batting 3-7. He's the number one third baseman in fantasy right now. He has more fantasy yeah. points than Arenado. In fact, uh, Thames has 91 fantasy points, Suarez has 80. Right, but he's not Eric Thames. He's not. But he's not that far. Uh,
1: well, I mean, he has he has he has nearly as many points as Eric Thames, but he's not Eric Thames. But I we don't know point. who Eric Thames is. Like, like, what do you mean? Because of Eric Thames' track record? <laughs> Come
2: on. Like, okay, the, Suarez was at least a major league baseball player the last two years.
1: I mean, Eric Thames was he was the king of Korea. Korean baseball. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he and and look what he's doing now. Like, I I don't think. Like if I, again, I'm gonna if Eric Thames is in the MVP conversation at the end of the year, it's I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm not gonna fall out of my chair. Suarez, I, I I'm will keep f- an open <laughs> mind with Suarez, but he's he's not an MVP caliber. I liar. will push you out of your chair if <laughs> Eric Thames is in the MVP conversation.
0: Well, in the MVP, if he's top, if he's top five, I'll push you out of your chair. So okay, so we all have something to root for now because I would actually put it on video. I, and everything. I would enjoy that, and I would
2: extend it to top ten. <laughs>
0: Um. All right, Suarez. Yeah. Uh, let me throw another name out there. Brandon McCarthy, seventy five percent owned. He had a two start week, and they were both against the Diamondbacks. And he came out of it, you know, looking pretty good. And right now, Brandon McCarthy is three and zero with a two twenty five ERA. I understand he's seventy five percent owned. He's not widely available. But are you buying Brandon McCarthy?
1: He's throwing as hard as he ever has, and no more than two earned runs in any of his four starts. Uh, uh, yeah, I want I want to own him. I want to. Cool.
0: Uh, hmm, other guys? Let's see. We got Oh Semano three
1: saves over the weekend. That was very nice to see. Yep, looks like his velocity concerns are behind him too. So you can let go of Trevor Rosenthal.
0: And should we be picking up one of the
2: Wilsons in Detroit? <laughs> uh, Cre- Team Krieth picked up. Justin Wilson over the weekend, just because our entire team is built on the closer strategy and we are uh, injury riddled right now. So uh, I we picked him up. I I think there's a decent chance that you're dropping him again. Yeah, But he's, he's worth speculative well, in that type of situation.
1: Team Scam, which owns Francisco Rodriguez and doesn't have a lot of confidence in Francisco Rodriguez going forward, was not picking up. A Tigers reliever this weekend, because I don't know who it would be, who would replace him. Joe Jimenez has been, uh, widely talked about as the closer of the future, and he's on the major league roster right now. Obviously not as much experience as either Wilson, but by the time the Tigers eventually do pull the plug on K-Rod, and unless he starts throw- throwing harder, I think that will happen at some point. I don't know who's going to have him taking the lead there as the, the replacement.
0: Is there anybody you want in the Angels bullpen with Cameron Drosian on the DL with a groin strain?
2: Uh, no. Really? I heard, uh,
0: <laughs> I just know. It, it might yeah. be no, 10 days. Really, I
1: mean. It really might just be 10 days this time. Or sure. it might not be, who knows. <laughs> but just, you know, to cover all our bases in case there's leagues worth no closers available. I've heard Blake Parker mentioned a couple times as a potential fill-in for him. Bud Good Norris, here really going.
0: But Norris got the save for them on Saturday against uh, the worst team in baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I'm just going to start throwing stuff out there. Here we go. Ready? I think you might want to sell high on some Pirates pitchers. I think their defense is going to be unbelievably terrible without Starling Marte and Nova in particular. Like, I don't know how Nova can keep this up. Uh, I applaud what he's doing. He throws strike after strike after strike after strike, but he's going to have to rely on good defense. And they were a bumbling mess this weekend. Their outfield—I mean, look—if they put McCutcheon in center and John Jason in right field with any regularity, that's just an awful idea. It's—it's <laughs> it's just awful. McCutcheon is a t- is a really bad center fielder at this point. So I think we didn't talk about that with the Starling Marte suspension, but that is—that is a consequence that. Could have a big impact on them in my opinion okay
2: yeah. I, I don't I don't necessarily dislike that I don't know how like I don't think you can sell high on Garrett Cole right now. you need him to have a little better stretch than this
0: yeah and if he's gonna strike out guys then maybe it doesn't matter all that much but i but it should be said that I'm not sure there's a more realistic downgrade going in in baseball going from starling Marte to Andrew McCutcheon because you're going from one of the best fielders in baseball to a guy who had, who statistically like cost him like 22 runs last year in center.
2: I I'll tell you one: the Royals sat Lorenzo Kane yesterday and played Jorge Bonifacio in center field. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that, that is a, that's a bigger downgrade right there.
0: Well, I wouldn't have known that. I I didn't know we had a Royals update coming. But uh, he also hit his first home run. He did. Dongafasio, is that what you call him? Jorge Dongafacio.
1: I mean, should we overstate it though? Because McCutcheon was their center fielder last year. Um well they also had Marte in right or left? Left I think.
0: Uh so that helps. Yeah, left. And yeah, their pitching was disappointing last year. Yeah. Okay. I'm... McCutcheon had a very bad
2: year defensively last year, right? Mm-hmm. And he No, and there's no questioning that. And he's not a good center fielder. Yeah.
0: I just, uh, right. you know. I, I might well, be overreacting he was great down the
2: stretch too. I might be overreacting and, and I think you just Nova, wanted a chance to say something bad about Andrew McCutcheon. No,
0: I think Nova, Nova, you know, he, he's putting a lot, there are a lot of balls in play for Nova. Yeah. And no, there are. And, and uh, he's, I don't,
1: he's such a weird pitcher. Uh, but if he's Bartolo Colon throwing five miles per hour harder. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of statistically what he's looked like. Then I don't think that that'll be a bad thing. Would you trade Nova for Pumgarner? No.
0: You wouldn't trade it. I mean, yes. Yes. Uh, I I heard that (laughs) that backwards. Sorry. All right. We have a lot to get to. Let's see here. Um, Steven Strasburg, he's going to miss a start, but he probably will pitch this weekend. He's on paternity leave. There's still talk about Rich Hill returning to the bullpen when he comes off the DL. I think that's probably up in the air. I do want you to know that my phone put the Giants outfielder with the shoulder sprain as Senses Spam. Instead of Denard' span I
2: I realized looking at the notes that I screwed something up that we skipped over okay because um, I didn't realize he was still this uh, under owned Jason Hayward is still just 65% owned
0: I picked him he, up in our podcast league I don't really think he's having he's doing anything that special he looks a lot like Jason Hayward again yeah. Uh, I'm struggling at outfield there, man. I can't believe how bad my... like Carlos Gomez done. Uh, Yeah, well, like... Carlos Gomez was probably more owned than Jason Hayward for a while. He probably still is. Hayward's like 65% owned. Uh, Yeah. Like, I picked up Hayward and Conforto. Who would you start this
1: week? Or maybe I bench Renfro and start both of them. I'd rather have Conforto than Hayward. But, I mean, Hayward has been improved he hasn't had that like monster week that makes him one of the trendy ads in fantasy baseball but if he just like if he just holds what he's doing and consistently does it over a full season that is old jason hayward basically and probably a top 30 outfielder
0: yeah uh one thing about conforto this week is he is facing Tehran, scherzer strasberg and joe ross but i don't know i'm not sure you should shy away from him all right, anyway, that's enough about Conforto. Uh, let's do some pitchers. Let's talk about some pitchers here. Who are you buying uh, from this group? Studs being studs. They're studs because they're owned in 84% or more of leagues. Gio Gonzalez, who apparently is throwing more inside pitches against righties, uh, setting up his changeup. And Lance Lynn had a great start at Milwaukee. And Yvonne Nova. Gonzalez, Lynn, Nova, anybody that you're buying now more than you were at the start of the season.
2: I was already buying Gonzalez and Lynn, and so my confirmation bias will continue to keep me buying them. And I agree with you that I would probably try to sell high on Nova. Uh,
1: I think I like Lynn a little more than I did coming in, just because I think there's a consistency factor I overlooked with him—the um, kind of pitcher he is, not giving up. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have a lot of like. Starts that are going to carry you in a given week, but he seems to avoid the disaster starts too, just just the way his, his, uh, pitching profile works out. It's and nice to uh, plug him in as your number four starter and just yeah. not have to change it. Right. Just, just live exactly. there. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, alright. How about studs being duds? Any concerns about the following? Verlander, Arietta, Cueto, DeGrom, Quintana, Salazar.
1: Same concerns I've always had with Salazar. I mean, nine strikeouts is great, but if it has you only going five innings, I think he's he's twice gone six in his four starts. Um, yep. Only one of them have been really good. Strikeout rate's great, but I just I don't know if there's going to be enough there to make him a real standout in fantasy. Uh, the others I'm pretty much okay with.
0: Yeah, like Quintana, I want to make the same point to Quintana that I made on, on Tanaka. You know, Quintana's... One of his big issues right now, he's walked 12 guys in 23 and a third. He's pitched 200 innings four years in a row and never walked more than 56 batters. He's on pace for more than 100 walks in 200 innings. So that's why I liked, it, I liked Tanaka as a buy low because I thought there's no way he's going to have control problems. And it's kind of, I don't really love Quintana. You know, he's kind of steady Eddie, but I still think
2: he's not been very steady so far. No,
0: but it's the thing. Like if, if he's walking guys, I feel like that's something that Jose Quintana can fix.
2: But I yeah. guess my counter argument to that would be it's really easy for us to look at guys that are giving up a 400 BABIP or exceptionally low strand rate or something that might not be under their control. The things that Jose Quintana is doing bad, he's just doing bad. He's, he's not got, pitching well.
0: He's got four years of showing us that he doesn't walk guys, though, and he's walking guys. So I, I, I kind of feel like he'll get that fixed. Yeah. I,
2: it would be nice if he did, but I'm I i definitely, I'm definitely moving I mean, him down again.
1: Pitcher slump like, like hitters do. I don't. Just because he's – I mean, when he has a track record showing this is not the type of pitcher he is unless there's reason to believe he's hurt or you know, velo- a major velocity decline or something, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and assume he's still that pitcher and will come out of it. But you can't rank him, I don't think. like, like you. I don't know if you mu- – you had to have been factoring this in,
0: but the White Sox are so bad that it wouldn't surprise me if he won like seven games this year. They're so bad he'll get traded. Like he, uh, he will get he traded. Might.
2: And I am I am looking at it just to see cuz sometimes guys have walk problems but they're throwing a pretty normal amount of pitches in the strike zone. He's been 65 to 69% on first strike percentage for his career. He's down to 61 this year. His swinging strike rate is down to 6%. He's always been a 7, 8, 9% guy and he's throwing 42% of his pitches in the strike zone, which is also a career low.
1: So it's, but it's a chicken and egg thing, you know? Is he struggling because of that or is that why he's struggling? Or, you know, you know, is he struggling because of that or is the fact he's struggling leading to those bad ratios?
0: Well, this is Jose Quintana we're talking about. Uh, would you rather have Gio Gonzalez or Jose Quintana? Quintana. Yeah. Lance
2: Lynn or Quintana? Still Quintana, but they are, if they continue on their current
0: trajectories for another couple of weeks, Lynn will pass them. Studs being duds, part two. Are any of these guys droppable in your opinion? Kenta Maeda, John Lackey, Kevin Gosman, Gosman, Robbie Ray, Jamison Tyone, No, uh, Taiwan Walker. I just put him. <laughs> you as. just
2: decided that he's, the He's one. not.
0: Nobody's dropping. Oh, come
1: on, the Pirates center fielder. Their defense is going to be terrible. It,
0: it, you it, trade him. It is like, but he's not dropping. Nobody's dropping him after one bad start. <laughs> he's got two thirteen yards.
1: Taiwan Walker is beyond droppable. I can't, well, I can't believe he's still eighty-eight percent owned. Some of the, the pitchers we've been touting on waiver wire over the last week, and Taiwan Walker sitting there at eighty-eight percent ownership. What has he done to deserve that historically or this year? So he's two and one with a four-five seven ERA, right? Yeah.
2: And he's walked seven and struck out twenty-two. John Lackey's
1: one and three with a four eight eighty RA. He's walked eight and struck out twenty six. Again, what has Walker done historically? And this year, but does it look
0: like 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 Walker? I mean, I guess you could always say this with him that he's that he's on the on the precipice of of a sustained breakout because he's his starts aren't that bad. Like he's close three starts Mm -hmm. out of four with one walk and either six closer. Yeah, he's also he's also been bad at home. So almost all of Walker's earned runs have come in his two home starts, and he's been good in two road starts. I don't know if you want to just waiting for them
2: to install the humidor. Uh, and everything will be fine.
0: It might help.
1: <laughs> like, like it's – yeah. Um, well, my, it, I mean, it almost certainly will help. Is Maeda uh, droppable? Maeda? I I would not drop him yet, no, but he's must sit right now. And it seems like the Dodgers are thinking about skipping him for a start or, or whatever I too, think they're going to so. push him back to get yeah. Yeah. Arias in there. Yeah. Yeah. He
0: likes um, that
2: sixth day of rest, right?
0: Yes, he would. Yeah, that's the whole thing with him is it looked like, I want to remind people, Maeda in the first half last year had a 295 ERA and and a strikeout per inning. And he only allowed 10 home runs in 103 and two thirds. He's already allowed 7 home runs in 19 innings. And the question really was how can he adapt to pitching every 5 days instead of every 6 days? Uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see. So far, so bad. And he was terrible in the second half last year. I want to just get more names in there. Uh, looking at fringy starting pitchers. Uh, Alex Cobb is now 66% owned. I saw Chris dropped Alex Cobb in a league. I actually dropped Alex Cobb in a league. I, I, don't nec- do. I don't know that we should because he struggled against Boston. It's Boston. And he gave up four runs in six innings against the Astros, another one of the best lineups in baseball. In a daily league that I own Cobb in because I had him in two leagues, I, or three leagues, I don't trust him against tough teams yet. But I think against a lot yeah. of teams, Alex Cobb could be just fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not down on Alex Cobb. He's just—it's basically been what four earned runs every outing, and you have to make room for for other players. And so he was the he was the cut. Let me see who I added him added for him in the league where I dropped him. Yeah, I added Matt Shoemaker, who I dropped last week for the same reason, and was happy to pick him up after consecutive seven strikeout efforts.
0: All right. Uh, hmm. Eduardo Rodriguez, 54% owned. He did walk five Orioles, but he gave up just one hit in six scoreless innings. as has a 312 ERA. He's 54% owned. Is Eduardo Rodriguez under-owned?
1: Uh, I, I feel like he's about where you would expect him to be.
0: Okay. I mean, I
1: like the upside probably more than a lot of pitchers ahead of him, and he's showing the strikeouts, it's, but the walks have been really bad.
0: All right, rank so, these three pitchers. Sorry, Scott. Rank these three. No, okay. Eduardo Rodriguez... Oh, actually rank these four. Antonio Senzatella, Tyler Skaggs, and Tyler, and nah, not Glass now. Jordan Montgomery. Eduardo Rodriguez, Senzatella, Skaggs,
1: Montgomery. I would go Rodriguez, Skaggs, Montgomery, Senzatella. What does Antonio Senzatella have to do? Strike somebody out! Please! Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that at Coors Field and expect
0: to get away with it often uh chase anderson how, do, how about him is he better than any of the names than rodriguez skaggs uh montgomery or senzatella anderson has no. a 113
2: era you're no no
0: what does chase no. anderson have to do yeah Heath. No. he's like no <laughs> okay all right okay you say no that's fine i'm not going to chase anderson there you go good idea any interest in tim Adelman? one percent
1: owned uh, he deserves to be more than one percent owned. <laughs> Maybe like nine percent owned, eleven percent owned, thirteen. Sure. Yeah. Too high. Right,
0: I'm just giving out some names, and Hector Neris has been struggling a little bit, but he's getting some saves. Or, well, he pitched in a non-save situation. This is where Adam goes through a whole bunch <laughs> of notes. Scotty, that get was tr- what
1: Friday. Ancient history now.
0: Yeah, but he also struggled Sunday in a four run okay. game. Scott, okay. are you gonna try to get us on the Mike Fulton bandwagon?
1: Uh, it'll take more than this one start. It, it was encouraging beyond just the nine strikeouts because he had, I think, 17 swinging strikes, but his high before that was seven and it came in a relief appearance. So, love the stuff, but there needs to be more swinging strikes because stuff alone doesn't. Stuff alone makes you, Anthony, Antonio, Sensatella. Okay. Kellis from Kentucky has
0: an email for us. He says, Dear Logan, Jean Valjean, Charlie Kenton, and Roddy.
1: Well, Jean Valjean is uh, Les Miserables. And who's Logan? Uh, Wolverine. Yes. So, so... these are uh, Hugh Jackman. You got them. it. Well yeah. done. Who do you like better, DeGrom or Kluber?
0: I'm sticking with Kluber.
1: Yes. Alright, nice here's a rebound start for him.
0: Grade the trade from Ash in England. Dear insert four names that Adam has to Google. <laughs> uh, give up Mitch Haniger and Marcel Ozuna. Get Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman.
1: <laughs> that is double sell high. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh I'll give it an A. Sure. That's an A.
0: Now yeah. look, Blackman's obviously the best player in this deal, giving up Haniger and Ozuna for Story and Blackman. But do you think Maybe Hanegar and Ozuna
1: could be better than Story? They could oh, be, but it's sure. going to be because
2: Story is a huge
1: disappointment. Yeah. Well, partially. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, just Hanniger and Ozuna for black men is a good deal in itself, you know? And Story is almost like a throw in, which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Uh, from Ian in Philadelphia Dear Yasmani, money, Tomas, and problems. Outstanding. <laughs> I am a commissioner, 10-team head-to-head categories league. I wanted to buy low on Encarnacion and Kyle Hendricks, so I offered that owner, Ryan Zimmerman and Gio, for Encarnacion and Hendricks. Acer trade. I expected a counter, but instead the trade was quickly accepted. Another owner has cried shenanigans. Am I wrong as the commissioner for standing by my trade of giving up Zimmerman and Gio for Encarnacion and Hendricks?
2: That's a clear Azer offer, and that's why people make Azer offers, because sometimes they get accepted. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're the commissioner. It, it depends on what, what are the league rules. Are you supposed to have a vote? Are you the only person that decides if trades go through? Like when I commission a league, there is no process for uh, disputing trades. I don't get a say as the commissioner, and the league doesn't get to vote. If that's the case in this league,
0: then it stands. Yeah, uh, I'd love to know. I, I don't know that this is vetoable, but I would be pretty pissed off. You like, you'd be pissed off because you didn't beat the guy to it. No, I'd you be pissed would off. Try to make the same deal. I wouldn't even expect to make the same deal. I mean, I mean, I no, would make no. it because I'm it, me. It's not. It's but,
1: not reasonable to accept this. Like, if if the idea that you could have, you you wish you'd beaten the guy to it. Like, if you're canvassing the league with offers like this, you have a lot of time to waste because they're right. going to get rejected. You're, you may tear up some friendships in the process. Like it's it's a ridiculous trade. Is it vetoable that opens a new can of worms that um really compromises the long-term security of the league if people can't feel like they have the freedom to make trades. So uh you know, if, if you could trust it be a one and done veto thing, that's one thing. But if every league, if every trade made in the league goes under the microscope because you decided to veto this one trade, it's probably not worth it. If it becomes a recurring pattern for this owner of taking these low ball offers, then you have to think about maybe doing something with that owner in particular.
0: Yeah, Sl-
1: ruler slap
0: him, I would say. It's like uh
1: more than that. If, oh, it, if it becomes a recurring pattern. Push
0: him out of his chair at the end of the year. <laughs> All right, we're done here. Uh I have to fix the podcast league divisions. It's my commission show. And he... Well, you've got some other commission shows going on right now as yeah, well. Those people, Th- those people are wrong. Those people are wrong.
2: What do you think about a guy that takes waivers off every Monday, which I think is a good idea, but it's just at a random time, and whenever he does it, he then adds the number one player you, he wants. That
1: is April not <laughs> – <laughs> so, like, this is what happened shady? to me on
0: Twitter yesterday. you just misrepresenting everything that I do and say. It's not It's not fair. It's not
2: fair. Uh, we're going to turn waivers back off for the day. I gave yeah, people 15 minutes
0: to make their moves, and then I picked someone up. What do you want me to say?
1: I uh, want you, you to should, say that maybe there should be a set time. There should be. Go off. There well, should here's be. what you can do. Right before you go to bed Sunday night, you turn it on, and then you wake up and make a move.
0: Uh. Wait. I'm confused. (laughs) I have to go. We have to go. See you later. I have to think about that one.